What's happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Emerald City Podcast. Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate it. Um, right off the bat, I got to apologize for exposing you guys to that horrific song there. I uh, I hate that song, but I didn't couldn't think of anything that was a, somewhat appropriate, I guess, for the current situation we're in. But goddamn, that song is awful. Holy shit! I, imagine no possessions like is this song sponsored by klaus schwab imagine you had none of the possessions at all it's like give me a fucking break dude and like john lennon the guy who lived, probably lived in a mansion oh yeah you're gonna he's gonna have no possessions yeah sure give me a fucking break so sorry about that the only way that song could be any worse is if a bunch of blowhardy uh, narcissistic celebrities sung it to us in a slightly condescending way but i'm sure they would never do that though that's that's something they would never do but uh yeah thank you guys for being here uh we appreciate it as always um a little housekeeping right off the bat sorry we've uh we've been out for a couple weeks longer than normal uh my apologies on that we had a new addition to our family here. Uh, Baby Berg has finally arrived. So we've been kind of getting settled in, doing our thing as far as that goes. Um, Got to tell you guys, I, I have some newfound respect for all parents out there. Any parents you guys are listening to this, uh, kudos to you guys because uh, it's it's... It's definitely not an easy task. I mean, that's not why you do it. You don't do it because it's going to be easy. You do it because it's going to be meaningful. But uh, holy cow, it's it's been a transition, you guys. That's for sure. And you know, I don't want to say, oh, it's the most difficult thing, the most difficult job in the world. No, it's not. It's it's definitely not. There's just times where it's very trying, and it tests your patience, and uh, you just got to do the best you can. The kid, I swear to God, this kid is like at least a quarter vampire. I don't know what his deal is, but 1 to 4 a.m., the, the guy is, he's just, I don't, he, you know, in a couple months here, I feel like he's going to be doing Pilates at this time or something. The, guy, the guy's just crazy. So it's been a little uh, little bit challenging, but uh, thank you guys for your patience. We, we definitely always appreciate that from you. Um, I'm flying solo today, you guys. Marcus is actually, he's out of town. He's out of town. And uh, so, but it's been a while, so I wanted to get something out to you today. So, uh, just going to throw a little something at you. Nothing crazy here. We're probably not going to go too long, to be honest, as I know I can barely handle listening to myself for uh, 20 or 30 minutes, let alone you guys. So, um, so I'll try to keep it tight here, but obviously we got to talk about what's going on out there right now and the thing that's been dominating the news headlines, obviously, is the situation with Israel and Palestine. And I don't claim by any means to be a, a you know a foreign policy expert here. You guys know if you listen to the show, you know this about me. Um, I've been doing a lot of research though. You know, my my lady's been very curious about the situation and trying to understand what's going on. And you know, I've been trying to educate myself, watch some some history of the situation, and uh, just just get informed basically. You know, because I don't have enough things to stress about or to be upset about in my normal everyday life. So uh, why not uh, dial the anxiety up to 12 and see how that goes? So, But here's my take on this situation, you guys. Horrible, horrible, horrible situation for 
all parties involved. Um, anytime innocent civilians get caught in the crossfire of extreme groups, it's it's always it's always a tragedy. I mean, make no mistake about it. Like that's the main takeaway from this is horrible shits happening for people on both sides of the fight. But that being said, that is where the moral equivalency ends on this one, you guys. And there's just no two ways about it. I'm not somebody who likes to pick sides in these kind of conflicts. You know, the Ukraine and Russia war, immediately right off the bat, the tone was Russia's the bad guy, Ukraine is the good guys. You can't support Russia. You have to support the Ukraine. If if you don't support the Ukraine, you're one of the bad people. This and that. It's so it's so naive to sit ten thousand miles away in your comfy house that's nice and heated that is perfectly safe. It's so naive to sit and say these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. Um, I, I, I can't stand when I see people do that, but I'm going to kind of just break down, you know, what, how I feel about this situation for you guys. And then again, you, you know, you decide where you land on this one, but I'm going to give you simply what I see from the situation and tell you where I'm at. This whole situation is, this is 9-11 basically for the Israeli people. Make no mistake about that. I saw a general from the IDF and he said this is 9-11 and Pearl Harbor all wrapped into one. Okay, that's that's a little bit of a stretch, man, to be honest. That, that's a little bit of a stretch. I see what you're going for there and, you know, okay, maybe you got a little something there, but that's a little stretch. I think 9/11 was a horrific enough of an incident that we can we can just go with that one. Okay, we'll we'll just we'll just do that one. The loss of life here may not be exactly equivalent, although we don't even know exactly where all the numbers are lining up here. You know, it's changing on a daily, even an hourly basis, so we don't know exactly where that's at. But this is a big deal for the Israeli people and um you just you can't it's hard to put in context how big of uh, a situation that this is for them but uh, the takeaway here for me you guys is that pretty much all of the blood that has been shed in this conflict falls squarely on the hands of Hamas there's just there's really not any other way to look at this you you have a situation where civilians civilians people normal israeli people people just trying to live their life trying to raise their families do their thing were attacked in a coordinated attack these people were running in the streets going from house to house and just killing families killing children killing women killing men didn't matter who it was that was the whole goal here you guys that was the goal here there was no military objective. It wasn't, let's break down the wall, let's get in there, let's take out this person, this person, and this person. That was that was not part of the equation here. The equation was, go in there, kill as many people as possible, and take as many innocent lives. The more innocent, the better. Because this is how Hamas works. They want the horrific sights, they want the innocent people, they want that. They want the brutality because 
when you justify current atrocities based on things that have happened in the past, this is where you're at. And you, there's no, there's no border. There's no saying, oh, this is, this is okay, but this is too far. When you're going to justify things for, for stuff that happened 10, 20, even 50 years ago, this is where you're at. You just do whatever you can. You do all the worst things possible. And you basically just put a situation out there where you want the world to, to know how bad this is. And you just look at the way that this whole thing has been conducted. And it, it, it's clear that it's not about any kind of certain objective. It's all about just the most horrific, the most um, just despicable acts that you could possibly conduct here. I mean, I was, you know, I've been doom scrolling for the last three days, obviously, like I'm sure a lot of you have. And the stuff that you're seeing coming out is just, it's just, it, it's hard to believe that it's real. You know, we're in a situation where there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much misleading. There's so much propaganda. You know, there always is propaganda anytime a situation like this, especially war and conflict comes up. There's always going to be propaganda. I mean, that's that's the situation. So anytime you see anything, you always have to do a double take and say, who's showing me this? What's their motive for showing this? And, you know, what kind of objectives are they looking for? One thing that I saw recently that really, really like shook me up and like it, it just kind of boggled my mind. Like it was, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around. I saw a PR video that was put out about Hamas building rockets from water pipes. They've been taking water pipes that you know were supposed to be used to bring water into Gaza to help the citizenry out. And they're converting these pipes into rockets. They're building rockets with this. And I see this video. And the first thing I think when I see this is I'm like, oh, well, you know, this is probably this is probably something from Israel, you know, showing these things and, you know, trying to make Hamas look bad. I mean, that's what it, the situation is so bad. That's what you think. No, these are videos that were produced by Hamas. They're showing soldiers digging pipes out of the ground and using those pipes to make rockets. Is there a bigger way to squander vital resources, you guys? Is there any way you could think of to take something that every person, it's part of their basic needs, water, the, the biggest basic need of all, really, when you when you boil it down, no pun intended there, the biggest need that anybody has is water. And they're taking water pipes out of the ground to make rockets with this. Now let's let's put this in context, okay? Let's put the let, let's put the human aspect of it. Again, is there a bigger way to squander valuable and and necessary resources? You have water that every single well the 2 million or so Palestinians and people that live in the Gaza Strip need. And you're going to convert those into rockets? Now, let, let's think about this. Let's boil it down here. You have these rockets that are... I'll, I'll give a little bit of credit where credit is due. It's, it's pretty remarkable that you guys are fashioning um, rockets and projectiles that can shoot, you know, hundreds and thousands 
of uh, feet, you know, uh, maybe a kilometer, a few kilometers from a, a plastic water pipe. I'll give you that. That's pretty impressive. You're wasting, though, the ability for your citizens to live a meaningful life and to have valuable natural resources that they need. And what's what are you getting out of this? What What's the end goal? If things go perfectly, if you build that rocket, you get a perfect launch and you shoot it, what's the best outcome from Hamas's perspective? You have a rocket that lands somewhere valuable, probably less than 10% of these rockets that they shoot do, but we'll, we'll just say it does. It hits some populated area, some you know congested area, and what it maybe kills three civilians maybe uh best case scenario i mean that and that in itself is probably one in a ten thousand chance of that happening but that's the best case scenario you guys here you have a water pipeline that could have supplied vital fresh drinking water to hundreds of thousands if not maybe millions of people but instead you chopped it up you painted it and you shot it off to kill maybe 10 10 civilians i mean the the utter disregard for the people that you're supposed to be representing i don't know if there's a way that you can just make it more clear that you don't give a shit about these people whatsoever i I don't know if there's a, a better way and these pipelines have been brought in the EU. I saw something that they spent like $75 million or something on uh, projects that were intended to provide that fresh drinking water, you know, because a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with people like this, you don't just want to give them cash because then they can do whatever with it. So the EU says, hey, you know, we'll send in some money. Uh, we'll give you guys some cash and then you know, they didn't give them cash. They said, we'll build these projects for you. Again, these animals are digging these pipelines out of the water just for a one-time use to shoot it in to civilian territories. And then it blows up and then it's done. And then you can't do anything with it. I mean, that's, it, it's just so, it's such short-sighted way of looking at things. And there's no real net gain from this. The, the biggest gain you can have is pretty much having the Israeli people live in, in terror and fear. Like that's really your main goal here for that. So not really sure how that helps your people out, but you got that. You got all kinds of aid that have gone into Palestine, all kinds of aid for the, I think we, we sent them something like 50 or $75 million recently. Where is all this money going? You guys, where, what good what good has been done for the Palestinian people for this? Hamas has been um, the ruling party in Gaza for, I want to say since 2005, 2006. And how have the Palestinian people's lives fundamentally been improved during this time? You guys, I, I, tr- I truly want to know. I truly want to know. People are getting on Israel's case because they shut off the water. They shut off the power. And that sucks. There's a lot of innocent people, innocent civilians who are going to suffer because of that. That sucks. But when these people are holding hundreds, 
of hostages, people, again, who were just living their lives, not hurting anybody, not doing anything, and they're being held. What other, what's a better bargaining chip that you have to get these people back? And will Hamas return these people to get the water put back on? I got my doubts, you guys. I have my doubts. Um, I could be proved wrong on this. I hope that I am proven wrong, but I, I got my doubts. So it sucks, again, that these civilians have to suffer for this, but uh, elections have consequences. Like we've learned in this country here, elections have consequences too. And when you vote for the guys who just want to fight, who just want to cause terror, who just want to instill fear in the people that they oppose themselves against, this is what you get, you guys. This is what you get. And it's been really, it's been really shocking to see the pro-Palestinian rallies and protests that have broken out everywhere. Uh, me locally, you know, we're here up in the Puget Sound near Seattle. There's been rallies around here. There was a rally in Kirkland, which is, you know, five, six miles away from where I live. Broke out, you know, people with Palestinian flags. Conflict erupts, you know, tempers flare, people are fighting, grabbing, pushing and shoving, all this kind of stuff. You know, that that's the nicest of it that it's going to be at this point, you guys. I, I think the tensions are just going to continue to rise, I think. The, there's no other way around it, you know, when you have these people getting together and they're antagonizing and they're flying the, flag, the Palestinian flag, which you're flying the flag for people who killed a bunch of innocent civilians. I, I don't, I would love to chat with these people and find out how this is going to further their cause, the killing of just innocent people. Because at this point, I, I, I think, I, I can't say for certain, but I, I feel like the resolve of the Israeli people has never been stronger, has never been stronger. You talk to Jews in this country even, and even there to the point where you can't ignore this anymore. You can't look past it. You can't. You can't whitewash this. You can't say, you can't sweet talk it and make it sound better than it is. It's, it's bad. There was another rally at UW down at Red Square, at UW, pro-Palestinian rally. And during this rally, you have students who are chanting one solution. These college-age students are chanting one solution. Now, for those of you who aren't too up on this conflict, the one solution that anybody that is pro-Palestinian is calling for is, one, the one solution is Palestine existing and Israel not. Okay, make no mistake about it, you guys. That is one solution. That's the only solution that works. A two-state solution has been tried multiple times, and every time the Israeli people make, they make concessions. They say, here's some more land. Here's so that we'll, we'll make this concession. And every time they're turned down by the Palestinians, because that's the dynamic of this situation is you have people who are okay with existing with some people that disagree with them. And then you have other people who don't even acknowledge these people's right to exist. Okay. Like, there's a lot of people that I disagree with in this country, a lot of blue-haired, fat, piercings everywhere, tattoos all around, that I disagree with. I still think that they should be allowed to live in Canada, okay? I, I still, I, I, don't, I, don't want them in my, I don't want them in my neighborhood, I don't want them part of my friend. 
they still have a right to exist, you guys, okay? I'm making a little bit light of the situation here because that's all you can do when you're dealing with shit that's this horrific, but college-age students calling for one solution. And it's, it's, it's incredible just to see this on a college campus in the United States of America. You know, these people who are probably on free grants and free scholarship, a lot of them probably got in because of their heritage, because of their cultural background. They probably got in here and this, it, this is how they think about people. And it, it's so sad. I mean, you see these Jewish people rallying and, you know, I see a video of this Jewish girl and she said, oh, they, they don't want us to exist. And, she, and she's crying in this and, and I feel bad for her. I, I truly do feel bad for this girl. But you're crying about the situation is going to do nothing okay your crying is going to do nothing and you're dealing with people who are not reasonable so your your alligator tears it's going to do nothing for these people okay it will not move the needle at all you as a jewish woman you need to start getting a little angry okay sorry guys but you need to start getting a little upset and you need to start thinking about how you're going to defend yourself, okay? These people don't want you to exist. You're right, you've identified the problem. Now you need to identify a solution because again, just crying and claiming your victimhood, that's not gonna do it. That's not gonna move the needle for you here. So, and you're seeing a lot of intersectional crossing here. You know, these college students, a lot of these college students are probably BLM supporters as well. And I think, I think the where the cross here is is the mentality and the embracing of victimhood. I think that's where a lot of this the overlap comes with these different groups who maybe at one time you said, well, I don't know what they have in common. Like what's what's BLM have to do with Palestine? But you know, when you celebrate victimhood and that's the most important thing then, hey, you know, these people seem to be victims. They've been, you know, had, things haven't been going well for them for, you know, 30, 40, 50, definitely the last 15, that's for sure, which, you know, we already touched on that, what might be going on there. But uh, that's been pretty surprising. That's been a big surprise, too, is the BLM support for this whole movement. And years ago, I... Uh, Years ago, I basically stated that BLM is a complete joke. Um, if you care about black lives, then let's identify the 92% of black lives that are, that are being lost in this country. But we can't do that because, again, that would uh, take away the victimhood status. So that doesn't work. But it's really, it's really vindicating, though, to see recently how even a lot of people on the left are turning their back on BLM at this point because, I mean, how could you not? How could you not? They post, they post a paraglider with a Palestinian flag on it. A paraglider with a... For those of you who don't know the situation, the paragliders were used to uh, fly into a, a music festival, <laughs> ironically, a music festival for peace, that was going on in Israel. And that was kind of where this whole situation got started. And they use this for their flyer to show that they stand with Palestine. Those paragliders came in and murdered innocent civilians, innocent people who were at a peace concert, you guys. I mean, 
the irony of this is so insane and make no mistake let, let it be known that i have my issues with some a lot of these concert goers okay i believe believe me believe me a lot of degeneracy going on at a lot of these festivals i went i was one of those people for a while but uh i've grown out of that and you know i take some issues with the people but that's that's where you're going to show your support is the innocent people that were murdered i mean really guys this this is what you're this is what you're going with i mean it's completely insane and i i i a part of me kind of enjoys it you guys a part of me kind of enjoys it because they're just exposing themselves for the moral bankrupts that they are i mean i mean these people don't care and if they're going to support paragliders coming in and killing concert goers what do you think blm is going to think about innocent white people who get killed in this country for whatever for because some guy who was resisting arrest with the police or some girl who tried to run the police over with her car after she was stealing a bunch of stuff from walmart what do you think they're going to think when something happens to some white people huh you think they're just going to say oh this is a tragedy and they're going to say well you know this is decolonization for you what, what did you guys expect did you think it was vibe did you think it was essays you losers so the the, the organization is completely morally bankrupt and they've exposed themselves and I think they got way over their skis on this one. So um, if, you know, obviously support for BLM uh, has tanked in the last year, you know, the, the organization actually went bankrupt. I guess when you buy a bunch of mansions so that the leaders of your group can live in, I guess it doesn't really um, speak well to the long-term viability of your organization. But already bankrupt, clearly morally bankrupt. And if you support BLM still at this point, you guys, I think you got a lot of soul searching that you need to do. And I think you need to do some Google searching as well. And I think what you come up with will definitely shock you a little bit, but that was, uh, that was pretty horrific. And, uh, like I said, a gross miscalculation by the organization, a gross, uh, miscalculation. So, but this is where we're at now, and it, uh, after all this, all you can say really is Israel has the right to defend themselves, you guys, okay? Israel has the right to defend themselves. Um, you're going to just come in and kill innocent people, uh, then, okay, well, then you deal with the consequences of what happens with that. And, you know, as somebody who's uh, newly a newly father... This it, it kind of rings it, it kind of rings true to me and it kind of hits home here and um, it just makes you realize that you have to take care of yourself you have to defend yourself nobody's going to be there to help you the police somebody kicks in your door the police ain't going to be there in time to help you out you guys you're going to have to take care of yourself so whatever that means to you you got to do it whether it's buying a firearm whether it's having better locks a security system on your house even if it's buying a couple bottles of bear mace okay i got a couple of those in the house here um you best believe that i'm gonna have something okay you want to show up you want to kick down my door uh i'm gonna be ready for you you know and i heard one story of you know you see the videos and they're horrific i mean i see one where there's a dad, he's on the roof of his house trying to get the family out and he's getting the kids out and he's getting the wife out, getting everybody out the window and he's shot dead in the window. 
he's shot dead in the window as he's trying to get his family to safety and it, it's fucking horrific you know and it makes me think to myself i'm i'm glad i own firearms i'm glad i own firearms because again you want to come into my place you want to threaten my family well um you may be successful you may not but uh i'm definitely taking a few of you assholes with me that's for sure and i heard a story of an israeli family who did you know uh i mean they don't have the second amendment like we do but uh they did exercise their right to bear arms and there was one family who ended up bodying 70 uh, or, excuse me sorry that would be a, a real uh, celebration there uh it was seven people they ended up bodying that broke into their house tried to kill them and you know what the family survived they got out safe you guys and yeah when these guys have you know when these guys have uh, rifles you know large munition weapons yeah it's an uphill battle that's for sure but uh again that uh i want to i'm going to be doing everything I can to take a few of you assholes with me and if nothing else buy a little time so the lady and the baby can get out safely so you got to protect yourselves you guys and uh, yeah you got to do what you can because you know the police aren't going to be there for you when you need them the most but uh, another thing too I saw uh, with a lot of these videos is you know you see these Middle East conflicts and a lot of times they're the people the combatants are they're using AKs they're using AKs because, you know, when the Soviet Union collapsed, you had corrupt leaders within the military who probably hadn't got paid for months. And so they said, you know what, we're just, fuck it, we're just going to sell off these arms. We're going to sell this shit. You know, you guys, if you've seen God of War, you know what it's about. They're just, we're just going to sell all this stuff because nobody's keeping track of it. Nobody's paying us, so fuck them. So a lot of these conflicts, you see the AKs, you know, the more the Russian arms and stuff. Well, these latest videos you see, a lot of the arms you're seeing are M4s, ARs, a lot of American-made products here. So it um, kind of begs the question, where are these terrorists getting all these American-made arms from, you guys? I wonder where it is. Is it possibly the 300,000 guns that we left in Afghanistan when we hastily left the country and took nothing with us, including even some civilians, American civilians there? Could it possibly from there? Could it possibly be that the most, the second most corrupt country in Eurasia, uh, just behind Russia, the Ukraine that we've been sending hundreds of billions of dollars of aid to and weapons and arms, could it be that these weapons are maybe coming from them? Um, I mean, I saw reports that Hamas said that Ukraine had sold them weapons. So we've been trying to disarm our own citizenry. At the same time, we're arming other citizenries. And now those weapons have flown into terrorist hands and are being used against innocent Israeli civilians, people that we're supposed to be allied with. So um, that kind of makes you wonder, you guys, you got all this aid and you got this money that just sloshes around and what do you know, a certain portion of it is going to end up where you don't want it to end up. Like this is why the waste, the fraud, the excess spending, this is why this is such a problem for our country. This is why this is a big deal for us. And 
now we get embroiled in this stuff and it it sucks it's fucking terrible you know we've spent hundreds of billions in ukraine and now we're at the point where a, a true ally of ours, you know, they say, oh, we're, you, we're the Ukrainian people. Okay, well, what relationship, what have we done with the Ukrainian people thus far in the past that made it so we had to support them, that they're an ally of us? They're not part of NATO. They're, you know, the, nothing. There's nothing really to link that says, oh, yeah, we need to, aside from, you know, some deals that Hunter Biden made and Joe Biden have got into, there's really nothing there so for them. Israel is a much more convincing case why we need to support Israel and you guys know me I'm a cut the deficit cut the spending we can't afford it type of guy well when we've spent hundreds of billions in Ukraine what's a couple billion for Israel to help the their people out and to get them through this fight what is it and again I don't want us to be embroiled in conflicts. That was one of the greatest parts about Trump's presidency is he didn't get us into any new conflicts. I mean, he kept us in some that I wish he would have got us out of, but he didn't get us into no new conflicts. But we do have a responsibility as the United States here, and our responsibility is to making sure that this conflict doesn't expand to making sure that more parties do not become involved in this, to make sure Iran does not get into the mix, to make sure that Russia, to make sure that Syria does not get involved here. That responsibility we do have. And that's it, guys. That's it. Our only responsibility is to make sure that this doesn't expand. It's not to put boots on the ground. It's not to completely back the the Israeli military with anything that they need that's that's not it it's to make sure that this doesn't expand you guys okay and that's it because we're at kind of a little bit of a tipping point here and this can go one of two ways this conflict can is the IDF can get in there they can take care of Hamas they can take out as much of the terrorist infrastructure as possible or this conflict can expand and we can get more people and it could potentially escalate into basically a world war um we can get nuclear powers involved you know russia's in the mix they're around they certainly um are keeping their eyes on the situation so that's a situation that we have to avoid at all costs that is the u.s interest here is making sure this conflict is contained okay and if it has to be contained into a 25 mile stretch of land along the Mediterranean Sea, well, then so be it. Uh, the people that live there are obviously gonna suffer, you guys, no question about it, but I mean, that's the best case scenario for the world as a whole, unfortunately. And again, yes, innocent people will suffer and I'm not making light of that. That's not a good thing at all. But they, the country has the right to defend themselves, and they're going to because they're dealing with people, again, who don't even acknowledge their right to exist. Okay? They don't even acknowledge their right to exist. It's been said many times before, but if the Israeli people put, laid down their arms right now, or let me, let me rephrase this. 
if the Palestinians, if Hamas, if Hezbollah, if all these groups said, all right, we want peace. We want, we're going to lay down our arms. There'll be, we'll, we will fight no more. What would happen? What would happen is we would have peace. These situations would finally be resolved. There's been no IDF presence in the Gaza Strip for over a decade, you guys. So yeah, they're coming in now, that's for sure. But there's been no presence there. If Israel, if Israel said, we're going to fight no more, we're going to lay down our arms, we're, we, will, we want peace, we will fight no more. Every single one of these terrorist groups that um, have, have had conflict with them would completely take advantage of the situation and they would slaughter, slaughter every man, woman, and Israeli child that they could, you guys, okay? And that's that's just the facts. That's just the facts. These people, when they say one, when you have college students who are saying one solution, that's the, that's the situation that we're in, you guys. So it's unfortunate, it's sad, it's horrific. And again, a lot of innocent people are going to are going to suffer in the meantime, but this is where we're at. And it just shows you guys that elections have consequences. Okay. Even the stolen ones, elections have consequences. Um, you know, we were on a trajectory of peace in the middle East. There, the, it was somewhat peaceful. He made some calculated strikes against Soleimani, you know, individuals flexing our power and saying, hey, don't mess with us, you guys. You know, we have the means to take you out and we can do this. And I'm not saying Trump was perfect as far as his Middle East policy, but in all honesty, he's been better with the whole Israeli conflict than anybody else. The Abraham Accords. I mean, we were on a road to peace. Peace deals were signed. The... Israelis and the Saudis were starting to get along. They were starting to broker deals and they were starting to be on the same team. Well, it looks like that is all in jeopardy again at this point. And, you know, elections have consequences, you guys, stolen or not. And it's just so crazy how much the path that we were on has changed in just three short years. You know, it, it, we've just, we've gone from a pretty stable, pretty good situation to just Again, on the brink, we're, we're one good spark away from something crazy happening. So it, it really, I want you all to think about that next time you're in the ballot box, okay? And, uh, you know, as much as I'm knocking this current administration, which they deserve it, but there is credit where credit is due, and they do deserve some credit here. I, I will say Biden has talked very sternly uh, about being in solidarity with Israel, you know, there's some funding that's been promised. Um, they haven't really overstepped at this point. So that's good. Uh, he made a threat to Iran, which is good because again, if Iran officially gets in the mix, which they already are, I mean, you know, they're behind the scenes, you know, they've helped rumor, rumor has it. They helped plan this. I, I haven't seen anything to confirm that certainly wouldn't surprise me that's for sure but haven't seen anything confirm that but he did make a threat to them and uh and you know has had some harsh words if nothing else so uh, a little bit of credit where credit is due on that one he has also started up restarted the construction of the border wall which uh what took you so fucking long i guess it's not racist anymore when you do it but when trump did it it was you know, uh, it's unfortunate that we had to have 3 million 
random people just show up in this country. You know, you got to wonder with all these people that have showed up over the last couple of years, how many of those are the ones that are in Times Square waving Palestinian flags, showing a Nazi symbol on your phone, making fun of Jews who are upset because innocent civilians have died. You got to wonder how many of them have come in in the last three years here. Uh, We'll never know for certain, obviously, but... I'd say it's a pretty substantial portion of those people, but um, I guess better late than never, I suppose. So we're getting going on that again. Uh, so a, a little bit of props on that one, I guess. But uh, Jesus Christ, why did we have to fucking do all the virtue signaling in the meantime? And again, you know, three million people, three million plus. That's just, those are estimates, you guys. And if you know anything about the administration and the agencies of this country now, you know they're always skewing these numbers to the downside, okay? You look at the jobs reports that we get, and every single month this year, the jobs reports have been revised downward. They come out with an initial number, and then it comes out a month or two later in small print on the very bottom. Oh, yeah, by the way, we were off by 50,000 jobs last month, so the number wasn't quite as good. But, hey, you know, this this, this current report's good, though. This current report's good. You know, I'm, we might revise it later, but uh, but don't worry about that, though. We're, we're doing good for now. Everything's good for now. So, this is, so, it's just... Better late than never, I, I suppose. You know, I'm trying to put a positive spin here. I'm going to wrap this up here soon, you guys, but I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. But uh, I think the main takeaway here for me, you guys, is that multiculturalism has failed. There's no debating this anymore. Uh, as the climate alarmists like to say, the science on multiculturalism is settled, you guys. Okay. the There's just no more debating this, you guys. All cultures are not made the same. All cultures are, are not made the same. And a lot of the people who sympathize with the Palestinian people, they say, oh, they're just like me and you. They're just like me and you. They just they just want, you know, a better life for their family. That's all they want. Uh, no, they don't. Uh, Hamas, is, Hamas, again, they actually brag about the fact that Israeli people love life and that they love death. Okay. You look at how the situation has played out and the IDF, they strike, it, it looks alarming because you see apartment buildings, you see hospitals, you see schools that are strict, that are struck by the IDF. Well, that's because these hospitals and these, and these um, schools and these apartment complex have terrorist infrastructure built into them, okay? Because that's what these people do. They hide behind their innocent civilians because they know that the other side has some level of compassion and some level of morality. So they say, well, we'll put it in the school and then that way maybe they'll think twice about bombing here. Well, the that compassion has ran out, I think, at this point and you're seeing that. But at the end of the day, that's how I know which side of this debate I want to be on It because you have two sides here and again you have the side the idf who before they strike one of these apartment complexes these high-rise buildings before they strike they call they say hey get everybody out of the building we're going to strike the building you got 20 minutes you got an hour get everybody out of the building they want to minimize 
innocent civilian casualties. Okay, that's the effort they make. You know what Hamas does in these same situations? They tell people, no, no, don't leave. Don't leave the building here. Don't, no, stay here. You need to stay here, okay? And it's because their strategy is get sympathy, get compassion, get people on our side. If they see women and children being killed in these airstrikes, that's going to help us. And that right there, that's, it's really hard to boil these situations down to one fact, one statistic, one thing that tells you which side of the debate you want to be on. That's it for me though, that one right there. And again, when the IDF calls, these are Palestinian civilians that they're trying to help and trying to minimize casualties of. The other side, they want to maximize. Not only Israeli innocent civilian lives lost, that's obviously important to them, but they also want their own civilians' lives lost, you guys, okay? And that right there is tells me which side of the, the argument I want to be on. Okay, that's all I need to know. So I'm going to be with the people who are trying to minimize civilian casualties. I'm not saying they're not causing any, but they're at least trying to minimize it. I'm not going to be with the ones that uh, celebrate death and celebrate children dying because it levels up their victimhood status. Uh, not going to be with you guys. Sorry, that's uh, not going to be my side of the argument. So um, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. You guys I actually went a little bit longer than I, uh, than I wanted to. So, um, if you guys hung around, kudos to you and, you know, again, figure, do the research for yourself. You guys, you know, look into it. Um, it's not just cut and dry. You can't trust the media for anything. Do your own research. But, uh, like I said, you guys, I, I think out of those two teams, I think I know which team I want to be on the side of. So, but, uh, make up your own decision for yourselves. You guys. Today is supposed to be the uh, International Day of Jihad, I believe it is, October the 13th. Um, these people, the irony is not lost on these people. October, Friday, October the 13th. And the International Day of Jihad, uh, just insane. But be safe out there, you guys. Okay, be safe, protect yourself, protect your family. Live your life. Okay, don't be afraid to go out there and do what you would normally do in your everyday life. Don't be afraid. But that being said, uh, protect yourself. Okay, be observant. Um, be Have your head on a swivel, you know. Don't put yourself in bad situations. Um, identify potential threats when you see them. Identify people that are acting erratically, that are doing things that don't seem um, cool. Don't be afraid to stereotype a little bit, you guys, okay? I know I know we've decided that stereotyping is the worst thing possible in the entire world that you could do to people, but in all reality, stereotypes don't come from nowhere, you guys, okay? People recognize a pattern, they see things that happen, and that's where a lot of these stereotypes come from. So uh, don't be afraid to do a little bit of stereotyping, you guys, okay? You don't have to completely judge a book by its cover, but um, you can start to get a little bit of an idea what's going on by its cover at least. So don't be afraid to do a little stereotyping, especially when your life could potentially be on the line. And again, don't live your life in fear, you guys. That's that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Shooting rockets made out of water pipes just into civilian populations. The, the goal is to have your people live in fear. So don't live in fear. Live your life. Protect yourself. Protect your family. 
Um, Marcus is going to be back in town. I think he's coming back this weekend, so we will be getting another episode out to you guys soon. Again, just wanted to give you guys something uh, to hold you over until then. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it at all, as always. Um, your patience, you know, again, it's been a little trying for us, but we're going to keep it going. You guys, we're going to keep it going because there's been a lot of support recently and that means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. So we're going to keep this thing going. You guys, um, thank you for joining us. Another episode of Emerald city podcast, stay safe out there guys. And we will talk with you soon.